0: Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines! Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do... And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise Men on the Front Lines live social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you. ...to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and wow, do you ever have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth right now. So thanks for being with me again this week. I believe today's show is going to be a real encouragement to you. I'm going to be honest, I have not had much sleep, I do not have many notes, but I do believe I have a word to share with you, and I think this may be one of our most encouraging episodes ever in a time when we really, really need it. But just before we get to that, I've got two announcements for you. The first one's the announcement you probably have gotten used to. I want to remind you about the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. As I've said before, we are trying to increase our subscriber base there on the YouTube channel because it makes it easier for us to get you the the resources, the videos, the encouragement, the prophetic words, the devotionals there um, in a way that it's very easy for you to find. We love connecting with you here on Facebook Live and throughout other social media, but we know as the days go on, the weeks go on, that everything gets pushed down push down, push down, and you might need to come back for that word of encouragement, or you might wanna share it with a friend, and it's hard to find in the social media feed. So over on the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel, we have all 100-plus episodes of Heroes Arise. We have all the shows I've done for God TV. We've got them all in playlists. We've got prophetic words, mentoring words, devotional words. It's all there. It's all for free. It's all for you. Do me a favor. Go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. And when you watch a video... Give it a give it a, a, a good review and share it with others because you'll help us build our subscriber base over there so we can do more to encourage and equip and empower additional heroes all for free. Um, don't forget the podcast as well We now have the heroes arise podcast any of the podcast platforms where you can find any podcast whether it's Apple uh, podcast, Spotify podcast or all sorts of other podcast platforms just do a quick church a quick search a quick search for Heroes Arise or Robert Hodgkin, and you'll find the Heroes Arise podcast. And then you'll be able to take Heroes Arise with you wherever you go. I don't know about you. I'm a big podcast guy. I love listening to podcasts as I'm going about my day. I can have my earbuds in and be listening to something, getting a good sermon, getting a good message, getting a good laugh, whatever it is. So go and subscribe to the Heroes Arise podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer. All right, last announcement. This Saturday, we've got our event. You are powerful coming up. And it's all about activating realms of supernatural power for these times when operating in victory, living from victory, living in peace, living in joy, living in the supernatural power of God really is a great witnessing tool. Jesus said it. Holy Spirit will come upon you in power so that you can be great and mighty witnesses of Him. And we are going to, this coming Saturday, in our You Are Powerful one-day free event, we're going to be helping you unlock supernatural realms of divine power in your life so they can be operating through your life to put Jesus on display to a world that desperately needs to know Him and meet Him right now. So you can join us here in the studio live for that day. It kicks off at... So well, there's got to be 9 a.m. So 9 a.m., we're going to kick off with some worship and then get right into the teaching. And we'll teach in the morning, we'll teach in the afternoon, and then we'll let you go about and have a wonderful evening to yourself flowing in those realms of power that we've helped you open up. But I do believe we're webcasting it. That's why I'm sharing it with you. So 9 a.m., starting 9 a.m. Arizona time, which we, the, the time just changed, and we never change our clocks here in Arizona. So I think that means uh, 8 a.m. West Coast, 11 a.m. East Coast, and then wherever you are in the world, you can do the um, time zone math to figure out when it's going to be there for you. But join us this Saturday for You Are Powerful. It's going to be a powerful event. All right, let's get into this week's topic. Let's get into what's going on in the world, what's going on in the USA, what's going on in the election. Let's start with what's going on. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a deep breath with me. Ah, because I'm gonna build up and I'm gonna share with you what the Lord spoke to me early Sunday morning that I think is gonna give you some real encouragement to continue on in prayer, continue on in fasting, continue on in contending. But I do believe that God has really good news for us. And one of the things I want to do though is talk about where we are and what it all means. First of all, this thing's not over. And when I say this thing, I'm talking about the election. And when I'm talking about the election, I am not talking about getting a specific man into office. I am talking about us in and through this election contending for righteousness to be reestablished in our land. I had someone ask me a question this past week and they said, when did the prayers of the church become all about getting one man back into one office? And I thought that's a really good question. And so I told him, I said, that's a great question to ask, and it opens up a great conversation. Let me share my heart with you on that. None of this is about simply getting one man back into one office. All of this is about us contending for reformation in the United States of America, for a reestablishment of righteousness, truth, and justice in the United States of America. And you've heard me say this many times, but I'll say it one more time. I understand if you wrestle with Mr. Trump's personality somewhat. What I don't understand is if you're not willing to rally behind a platform and policies that are pro-God, pro-church, pro-Israel, anti-human trafficking, um, anti pedophilia that here is a candidate here is a platform that is finally doing what we've asked contending for the things that matter most to us because we know they matter to God so this is not about one man this is about reestablishing righteousness of the two choices we had in this election I think both of them are flawed challenging personalities and individuals but one on the Republican side, and God's not a Republican, so I'm not looking at a party, I'm looking at a platform, I'm looking at policies. One of them is pro-God, pro-church. One of them is openly declaring this nation needs God, this nation wants God. One of them is openly declaring that they will contend to end child sacrifice and abortion in this land. One of them is saying that they have done things for Israel and want to stand with Israel. The other side well at their national convention the democratic national convention they actively And very vocally and very clearly chose to take God completely out of their party, completely out of their platform. Hey, they have every right to do that in the United States of America. But we have every right to stand up and say, we want righteousness. We want truth. We want kingdom justice, kingdom truth. We want God in this nation as the ultimate ruler and reigner. And God does put men and women in place, in authority, to be expressions of his rule and reign. And I want us to continue to contend for righteousness. Righteousness to be reestablished in this land. Not through a man, but through a man God seems to be willing to work with, and a man who seems willing to work with God, and all sorts of other great men and women who are on that same team. It's not just one office, it's not just one election, it's contending for righteousness to be reestablished in the land. So here's what I want to encourage you with this thing is not over this thing is far from over. Don't waste time. Don't waste energy getting discouraged or defeated or depressed or disappointed, and certainly don't waste time attacking other believers. Why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Like I've said, if you voted for the Biden-Harris ticket and you're a Christian, I am genuinely confused by you, but I also genuinely love you, and I genuinely choose to believe you thought you were doing something that would serve good. So, Let's not attack one another. Let's not malign one another. Don't waste time pointing fingers at each other. And for goodness sake, don't start attacking prophetic words and saying, oh, the problem is every prophet is false and this and that and the other thing. Hey, this thing's not over. All those prophetic words about President Trump getting four more years may well come to pass. Just today, I've been avoiding the news for the most part because I've wanted to stay in a place of faith and hope and encouragement and expectation. And I've wanted to be plugging into God's heart and getting his strategies and his decrees and his declarations, which, by the way, I've put together two sets of decrees. You can say both of them in probably about a minute. And it will be, you, you can, they're all scriptural based. They're all kingdom based. They're all about, they're not party based. They're not person based. They're not um, personality based. They're all about reestablishing righteousness and seeing a deconstruction of corruption and greed and treachery in the land. And again, let me address this. I told you I didn't have notes for this one, so it was going to be free form. But I want us to come together as a family. I want us to come together as a body. And one of the things I want to say is that there's been all sorts of stuff going around, and one of the things I think we have to separate ourselves from, especially when it comes to the investigations into what is becoming really obvious, vote tampering and election fraud, just today, I did check in with the news because I wanted to see if there was any updates that might um, um, help with what we're talking about today. And I saw that the media is reporting that over 10,000 dead people voted in the Michigan election. Here in Arizona, um, Charlie Kirk is doing a great job of spearheading some efforts along with some other people that are probably just as important, but because I'm not paying much attention to the news right now other than sort of a, um, um, uh, my wife gives me a briefing each night to keep me up to date. But we we have sharpie gate going on in arizona where it was it's being pretty clear that Certain voters were given Sharpies so that um, their votes would be disqualified or easily thrown out. There's stuff like this going on all over the country. There's even, it seems to be there's some evidence. I I don't know this for a fact. It's something I've heard. I want to be clear about this. It's something I've heard. I don't know if it's a fact yet, but there seems to be some evidence, and I have heard and seen stories about a certain software that had been installed in voter machines to uh, flip votes as they were coming in, Look, at this point when there's this much evidence that there's vote tampering and election fraud going on, this is not about one party over the over the other. This shouldn't even be about my Christian and godly agenda to see righteousness, truth and justice reestablishes the foundations of this nation. At some point, simply as US citizens, we need to stand up and say, this is not Okay. This is not about overturning an election. This is about actually getting valid election results. This is not about getting one man in over another or or one man in over a woman in the vice president. That's not about that at this point. It's about do we want to stand for truth and righteousness and justice because we're starting to see real evidence that there are unjust, corrupt things going on that need to be addressed. And that ultimately, I think, is where we are. What's going on and what's happened is not about God not coming through on a promise. It's not about God not caring. It's definitely not about us not having prayed enough or fasted enough or repented enough. God is not in a numbers game. God is in a heart game. And I'll simply speak for our ministry and some of the incredible champions out there in this audience. Well done, you I'm proud of you. And the other morning when I was praying and giving thanks for all of you, I could feel the Father's heart for you and how proud he was that a remnant woke up, that a remnant heard the warnings that our nation is hanging in the balance, that a remnant heard a warning that if we were not willing to be the dominion stewards in the earth that we were called to and humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek God's face so that he would then—he's faithful— he, has, he asked us to do something, and on our Firewall USA prayer effort, we had 25,000-plus people praying every moment of every day according to the will and word of God, repenting, humbling ourselves, praying, seeking God's face, wanting to know his heart in all of this, declaring his heart, declaring his will, declaring his word, and then asking God to search our hearts and ask us what anything we need to clean up in our lives and then standing in place for identificational repentance on behalf of this nation. 25,000-plus people did that every moment of every day. They came together in an effort of 24-7 prayer every moment of every day from July 4th up till November 3rd, and we've chosen to continue with that. Are you really telling me God's going to go, Nope, not enough. Nope, not going to do it. That says that the people that are thinking that way, let me, let me give this to you to consider. Do you really think we need to talk God in to doing what he gave the gift of his son to do. God so wants to bring revival, reformation, and restoration of relationship in our lives, he sent his son. All of creation now is groaning because they know the gift of the Son also includes those of us who have been brought into restored relationship and have had a personal revival and reformation through the gift of the Son. Now, according to Romans 8:19, creation is groaning for us to wake up that God wants to do that just as much for all of creation, including the, the 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 nations that He brought forth with a plan and a purpose. But He wants to do it through us. What does that look like? What we've been doing? Second Chronicles 7:14. This is. This is God's heart. This is God's desire. This is God's will. This is God's word. This is God's plan. This is God's strategy. That's why we say at the beginning of every show, they're not just words. They are a decree he gave me to declare over each and every one of you, each and every episode, every time we get together to declare you matter. You're important. You have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. And yes, you do. And well done you to over 25,000 of you who took up the call with Firewall USA to be part of that solution, to play that key role, to agree with what God wants to do. I just can't get my head or my heart around our incredibly loving God who put this amazing plan in place through his son that he's going to hear that and go, nope not enough i am telling you one bit of light dispels all sorts of darkness so i'm not i'm not even aware of what the current population of the united states of america is but i think it's something like i think it's something like 435 or 450 or something there's hundreds of millions of us let's put it that way i know there are hundreds of millions of americans even if no one besides the 25,000 champions who responded to the wake up call and the rally call of god to rally in humility, to rally in prayer, to rally in repentance, to rally in seeking him. Even if that was the only thing that happened, I believe 25,000 bursts of light 24/7 for all these months would get our heavenly father's attention because light destroys darkness. That light is able to pierce through every bit of darkness. And of course, God will respond. But here's the even better news. As wonderful as all you Firewall USA champions have been, as wonderful as all you men on the front lines who have been praying as part of Firewall USA have been, there have been dozens and hundreds and probably thousands and probably tens of thousands of prayer efforts initiated by ministries, churches, believers, prayer groups, Bible studies, all over this nation and all over the world. I can't even imagine how many people are praying, how many people have been repenting, how many people have been fasting and crying out, and I can't get my head and my heart around a Heavenly Father who has asked us to do something, and we have responded, and He would say, nope, not enough. Just like, you know, a couple people have been asking me about some, some um, thoughts of things like, well, maybe God didn't move and God didn't put President Trump back in office because maybe we made an idol out of him. And I want to deconstruct that a little bit. I also want to say great topic of conversation, important topic of conversation. We should always be asking God to search our hearts. We should always be asking God to search our hearts and say, Lord, have we put our hope in something other than you? But I want to also parse this a little bit and, and, and massage this and talk through this a little bit. Maybe that's a better way to do this. Have Have a little family time about all this. And let me share my perspective with you on that. Again, important, necessary question to ask, and I am grateful that there are people bringing this topic up because we've got to look at it. But I also want to say, in addition to that, I should say, I also want to say, I think there's a huge difference between between being hopeful about God wants to, what God is going to do through somebody who has willingly declared that they want God in this nation and are willing to work according to the plans and purposes of God in many ways. In, in all their flaws, just like all of us. But I'll use me as an example. I have been hopeful about Mr. Trump being restored to office, but my hope is not in Mr. Trump. My hope is in God. My hope is always in God. And if it's not, I want God to convict me. But I think there's a huge difference between seeing someone as part of God's solution and being zealous and rallying around that. Like David's mighty men were zealous and rallied around him as their leader, as their king, because they saw God and all his flaws being able to work through him. As opposed to the other side that were godless, that were, you know, the Philistines wanted nothing to do with God or the the Ammonites or the thisites or the thatites. Look, I know there are many, many wonderful, God-loving, God-fearing Christian Democrats out there, and they're important and they matter and they have a key role to play. For God in the earth as well. I'm not talking about Democrats in general. I'm not even talking about the Democratic Party. I am talking about the agenda of the Democratic platform put forth in this election. Not some of the flowery words that were used during speeches or even debates, but the platform that they put forth. I think it's a clear choice, and I think we should be zealous and hopeful that God that God has a place through one of the sides. But that doesn't mean our hope is in that side. And it, our hope is definitely not in that man. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is, is, is in his will, his word, and his plan that we're grabbing hold of and moving according to. But somebody was gonna get elected this year, I think it's good that much of the church was zealous and prayed for and worked for and was hopeful about seeing Mr. Trump restored to office. That's my opinion. I hope, I, I, I hope you agree with me, but you don't need to agree with me. And if you don't agree with me, I still love you, and I still want you as part of the body because if you're part of the body, God brought you into that, and you matter, and you have a key role to play too. You're important too, and it's okay for us to disagree on this. But one thing I don't want words like that to do, I don't want words like that to cause you to feel like you should disengage. Like if you're going to get involved in, in the, the, any of the seven mountains, like if you're thinking about you know, working alongside of a candidate that you think is a good woman or a good man and God can use and they want to co-labor with God to bring uh, uh, restoration and reformation and revival to this nation in a sphere of influence or on the school board or, or, or at work or whatever it is, in any of the spheres of influence, we're not to be of the world, but we are to be in the world. We are actually to arise and shine and go out into the world. Be of the kingdom. Be of God. Be of His will. Be of His ways. Be of His righteousness. Be of His revival in all of our very flawed ways. But to have that be our heart. To have that be our focus. To have us be arcs of the new covenant, even in the the any 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 flaws in in our casing, flaws in our hearts, flaws in our our outer behaviors at times. That our heart is a covenant, a New Testament covenant of God, and we bring him into everything that we do because we're not of the world, but we're to be in the world. And I don't want you to hear words like that and argue about them. Consider them. It's always good to have God search our hearts. We should never even be afraid of disagreeing because as we talk it through in honor and love and respect, we can learn things. They can learn things. I'll tell you this. One of the reasons I love our producer, Ben, he's not only wonderful at producing, he's not only uh, incredibly helpful in all the media that we do, he's really smart, and he's really kind, and he's a really good man, and I really enjoy our conversations. And I often learn from them. And sometimes I learn that I had a a skewed perspective on something. This morning I came in and said to him, you know that conversation we were having last week about how language is changing? I really thought more about what you said and I'm changing my perspective. I really appreciate your input. It's the same with where we are with God. It's okay to have differing opinions. It's okay to not even be sure if we agree or not. It's okay to say, I'm not exactly sure why they're bringing that forth, but don't start attacking one another and don't start disengaging because you're afraid if you ever are, are... Get zealous. I'm a zealot by nature, you know. So if 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 I start down a path, I do it zealously. And I was this election, I was a zealous supporter of President Trump. Not his flaws, not his imperfections, not some of his personality quirks, but the fact that he is pro God and his platform is pro God, pro Church, pro Israel, pro life, anti human trafficking. He's willing to fight for the things we've been crying out to have a champion for. We're never going to have a perfect champion other than Jesus Christ. So ultimately, our, only, our hope should only ever be in Jesus Christ, but we can be hopeful about who we feel there is a legitimate chance for our hope, Jesus Christ, to work through here on the earth. So don't disengage. Don't, don't pull back. Don't feel like you're making an idol out of something or someone if you feel to come alongside of it because you, you believe God can work through that. Don't disengage. Don't, don't say, okay, I'm just going to be of the kingdom. I'm not going to check in. Check in. Don't check out. Go invade a sphere of influence. And, of course, pray, worship. Praise and do all of that which is even more powerful but we have to be going out in the world and change the world so. That was my unplanned rant on that, but I'm I'm glad you let me share that. I think we need to be able to talk about these things, and I want to encourage you that it's okay to, not only is it okay to be invading the systems of the world we're supposed to, and if you feel to come alongside a wonderful woman or a wonderful man or a flawed woman or a flawed man, but they have wonderful plans for seeing God invade a realm, it's okay to come alongside of them and actually be excited and zealous about working with them and for them. But let God search your heart. If you've made an idol out of them and all of a sudden they're your hope and they're your solution, that's a mistake. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our solution. But he does work through men and women and we can be excited and zealous in working alongside those men and women who are working for them. But what I want to share now is because I know that this has been a challenging process. But again, I want to say this thing is not done. There are legitimate concerns that need to be addressed legally, not to stir things up and create more confusion or, or undermine somebody or, or steal somebody else in. It's about restoring righteousness to our nation. And God is blessing us with this challenging process to see way more than what we would have seen if the election was immediately awarded Tuesday night. I don't know about you, but as I was watching with a bunch of people from our ministry and a bunch of friends and intercessors and prophetic people, even as we were watching the election results, it something just felt wrong. Even when the candidate I was I was contending for, Mr. Trump, I was believing to come back into office. I was I was um, I'm, I'm wanting to see reelected. Even when things started shifting his way, you could feel in the spirit something's not right. And then. Some of the things that were done through the media, some of the things that were done with the numbers, you could feel things weren't right. It's good that that's being exposed. That wouldn't have been exposed if they had just been given uh, 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 an announcement that night. Even if it was Mr. Trump and I would have celebrated that, there are still things that wouldn't have been exposed. So... It was Saturday. I got to speak with one of the leaders in the body of Christ. They gave me a call. They wanted to check in. They wanted to process through some things. And this is someone I greatly respect. And so we had a a phone conversation. In the course of the conversation, I said, how are you doing? I know you've been a real champion and and you're, you're leading so many around the world, but especially here in the USA. And this leader said to me, Right now, I f- I'm grieving a little bit. I-, I feel like there might have been a death, and I'm grieving it because I know, you know, there's so much going on. The nation is hanging in the balance. I can feel what God wants to do. I can feel how the body has, has um, um, rallied. And I said, well, one thing, this thing is not over. So nothing, nothing is dead yet. Nothing is to be grieved yet. But I hear what you're saying, and I understand where you're coming from. And we talked about some other things. And then Sunday morning, I was praying for this person. And as I was praying, I said, and I was saying, Lord, please encourage this person. They do so much in so many spheres of influence for so many around the world and here in the nation, minister to them, lift the burdens off their heart that aren't supposed to be there, use the burdens that you've placed on their heart for intercession, for, for all that you have placed them there for, but then, any of you lift them up off their heart. And While I was talking about, but I understand the grieving. I understand the confusion. I can understand feeling like something, a death has happened because there's been so much work, so much effort, so much prayer, so much praise and worship towards an outcome. But ultimately, I said, Lord, ultimately that outcome is not about a man being brought back into office. Ultimately, the outcome is about a restoration of righteousness. And the Lord spoke to my heart then. Still small voice, but what I heard him say was this will not and in death. And he, he encouraged me to go into John 11 and read the story of Lazarus, where we know that comes from. And I want to look through this right now because I was so encouraged. And I go into much greater detail in this in um, the message, Lord, if You Only, that we just posted to my YouTube channel. So if you go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and you click on the link, I think it's, it's um, uh, just in the last couple, three videos we posted, but it'll be right there with the title card, Lord, if You Only. We'll go much deeper into this. But I want to touch on this, because as soon as God said, this will not end in death, I knew he was talking about the story, speaking from the story of Lazarus, and I went into that, and I was reminded as I read through it that in many ways, Lazarus could be a prophetic parable of what we're going through in the USA, because you guys know what's going on. Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they all know the Lord so very well. They know him as Lord. They know him as friend. They know him as the beloved of their soul. They know him as healer. They have they have met with him many times. They've supped with him many times. They've broken bread and sat and talked with him many times. They've learned from him many times. They know that he is Lord and good and friend. And they know he's healer. So when Lazarus is sick unto death, Martha and Mary send a message to Jesus saying, Lord, the one you love is sick unto death. Two sisters contending for one who is sick unto death. But the one, they don't just say, Lord, Lazarus is sick. They don't just say, Lord, Um, um, The the Lazarus might die. They say, Lord, the one you love, the one we know you love, is sick unto death. This is serious. And as I read that and saw the two sisters, I thought two things. I thought how women, a, a woman also often represents the church and how it also reminded me of the two sisters, the older sisters that had nothing but prayer. And they launched the Hebrides Revival Back in the mid-1900s, 1930s, it was 1934, 1943, I don't remember. I think it was in the 1930s. But the Great Hebrides Revival, launched by two sisters, much like Martha and Mary, who knew who God was and cried out to God to come and do something. And I thought, Lord, the United States of America has been sick. And some might say the United States of America has been sick unto death. We've been sick with child sacrifice. We've been sick with broken covenants. We've been sick with unrighteousness and wickedness. It's evident right now in all that our nation's going through. We've been sick with division and hate. We've been sick with anger and violence. I believe that we've been sick with Ahab and Jezebel spirits that have been trying to work to turn this nation away from God into an unrighteous, ungodly, even at times a cultic agenda in every sphere of influence in this nation. I'm not talking about Mr. Biden and Mrs. Harris. I am talking about a spirit of Ahab and Jezebel that has been working way before this election, but might, might quite possibly be typified through this election, to turn this nation away from God. And I said, Lord, I see this, that the United States of America in many ways has been sick and potentially unto death. Many of us feel that America's future is hanging in the balance. Will it be a nation with and for God, or will it be something else and wither away? But I thought, Lord, it's not just me crying out, Lord, the United States of America is sick unto death, like Martha and Mary, like the church, like intercessors. I am crying out and saying, Lord, the nation that you love is sick unto death, help. So they cried out in faith, knowing who Jesus was, that he loved them, and that he was well able to help. Now, we know how this goes. Jesus then says, but when Jesus heard about this, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God. I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this, although Jesus loved Martha. So he's saying... I hear the cry, this will not end in death. It's a setup for the glory of God. And then it says, sorry, I lost my place. Although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days and did not go to them. One translation says, although he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he tarried for two days, and that struck me. I believe what's going on right now is God still absolutely loves the United States of America. The, God loves His church, God loves His people, God loves His remnant. He has heard us, and all that's going on is God's not saying, Nope, not enough. God's not saying, Nope. I think you put your hope in a man and not in me. I'm crossing my arms and I'm being a hard-hearted God to you and Father. I believe what's happening. I have so much faith about this. I believe what's happening is the Lord is tarrying because he loves the United States of America. He is tarrying so more things can come up and be exposed. He is tarrying because God is going to get an even greater glory. There's going to be a chance for an even greater reformation. This is what I want to ask you today. There are those out there saying that things have not happened as many of the prophets spoke it would because God is done with America, because we made an idol out of this or that, because we didn't fast enough or pray enough or repent enough. What if God is simply tarrying? What if God is actually the God of Isaiah fifty-five eight? What if God is answer, actually answering our prayers to do something uh, uh, exceedingly abundantly beyond our ability to ask, think, or comprehend. What if God is bringing about something so much greater than we even realized we had been asking for? What if he really is God of the impossible? What if he really is a God who can save a nation in a day? What if he really is the God of Isaiah 55:8, eight. And what if he's heard our prayers to do something beyond our ability to ask, think, or comprehend. And right now we're in the phase where we're thinking, I don't understand, but maybe I don't understand. Maybe we should not limit God and allow our faith to be limited because we don't understand. Maybe that should heighten our faith. What if what God is allowing is he's tarrying so. He, just like with Lazarus, he said, this will not end in death. We all know the story. Lazarus died, but Jesus didn't lie. He didn't say Lazarus wouldn't die. He said, this will not end in death, and it didn't. It ended for the glory of God. What if, what if God didn't actually say President Trump will be reelected to four more years on November 3rd? What if he simply said, President Trump will get another four-year term? He still might. Even if he doesn't, my hope's still in the Lord, and the Lord's using all of this because so much corruption, so much treachery, so much darkness is being revealed just in our election process, in our media, in so many places, in our hearts. And God wants to deal with all of it. What if God wants to do something above and beyond what we've even cried out for, and we're simply saying, Lord, I don't understand, as opposed to that limiting our faith. What if that raised our faith? What if we started saying, Lord, thank you that you're doing something above My ability to comprehend. God, thank you that your words are above my words. Your way is above my way. Thank you, God, that you are doing something so gloriously profound in this nation that you love and you have not given up on and you have not turned your back on. Thank you, God, that you're up to something so glorious that I can't even get my head around it right now because that's what's going on here in the story of Lazarus. So, Jesus tarries. He stayed where he was for the next two days and did not go to them and did not give them exactly what they asked for. Why? Because Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus and wanted to do something even greater for them. Not just saying, hey, I'm going to let you suffer because if I raise the dead, it's more glorious for me than just healing the sick. No, what if he's doing something for them? What if he knows how much they love him, how much they adore relationship with him, how much they want to know him in fullness that he's realizing, you know me as Lord. You cried out to me as Lord. You cried out to me as friend. You know me as friend. You know me as healer. You cried out for me to heal. But I know your heart that you want to know me even more fully, so I am going to let you see I'm going to give you ultimately exactly what you've cried out for, but I'm going to do it through a process that allows you to know me aspects of myself that you never would have known if I hadn't chosen in my wisdom, in my ways, that are higher than your ways to tarry because you already know me as healer, but you want to know me in fullness? I'm going to show you that I am the resurrection. Not I will be one day, like he and Martha talk about, but I am the resurrection. You're truly going to know that I am, the, I am God of the impossible. And when you walk with me, truly all things are possible. What if God's doing that right now? What if the reason God is tarrying in bringing forth the full fulfillment of Of all that he plans to do in this nation and through this election. What if he's tarrying right now? Because we're gonna see him do something way beyond what we were expecting. So Jesus tarried because he loved them and he knew the desires of their heart and he had heard their cries. I believe God is tarrying right now, with a great plan, a great purpose, and he's going to be greatly glorified. But I also think he's doing it because he loves this nation, and because he's heard our cries, and know what we want way more than simply getting one person that he can rule and reign through, in the flawed personality that he has, but that God can rule and reign through for four more years. What if he's setting us up for a true revival and reformation? What if he's really giving us what we've cried out for, because he loves us, he loves his church, he loves the remnant, he loves the lost in this nation. What if he's putting himself on such a display to, put the, to make such a spectacle out of the enemy and reveal so much treachery and darkness that he can now get at and root out through our prayers and praise as we continue to believe him? What if that's what he's doing? Let's keep going here. So finally, after two days, he said to his disciples, Let's go to Judea again. So after a few days, things get moving. He starts moving everything forward. So they talk about all this, and they ask all these questions, and then Jesus says, because um, they say, well, what's the point of going? It could be dangerous, and and, and going into that city could be difficult. And, you know, uh, uh, crying out for God to come into the city of Washington, D.C. might be difficult and dangerous to come into our executive judicial and executive branches, especially once we start seeing all the dark threats of what the enemy has built up and established. Maybe maybe we don't want to do this. And you know what? By the way, you know, what if he, you, you said he's sleeping? What if he's just sleeping and and then he's getting better? So let's just stay here. Let's not risk it. Let's not risk our faith. Let's not risk our hope. Let's just be bummed out. Let's just be discouraged. And the Lord says, then he told him plainly, Lazarus is dead and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because this will give another opportunity to believe in me. Now, Let's flash back for a minute to what I was just saying. When he says this will give you another opportunity to believe in me, they already believe that he's Lord. They already believe that he's the Christ. I believe a translation we could go with in here would be because this will give you another opportunity to see an aspect of me that you have not yet seen and truly believe that all things are possible with me. I think that's what God's doing right now. So Jesus goes to Bethany. He sees that Lazarus has been in his grave for four days. Bethany's only a few miles down the road from uh, Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to pay their respects and console Martha and Mary on their loss. Well-intentioned people who wanted to comfort them, I am telling you, we don't have a loss yet. Don't enter into the place of grief and seeking solace and comfort for a loss that has not occurred yet. This is not over. The election's not over. As a matter of fact, I saw today that certain states have even come out and said, you know what, it was called way too early, and they're taken off the electoral uh, map. And what I understand is nobody has 270 votes at this time because we're being committed, we are committing to actually doing a fair count of legal votes. This thing's not over. This is not a loss. Don't enter into grieving yet. This will not end in death. I'm telling you, the Lord said this will not end in death. That doesn't mean Lazarus might not appear dead or even be dead, but it means God's going to do something way beyond what we asked him for. So Martha comes out and says, Lord, if you'd only been here, basically Martha's saying, Lord, if you'd only done what I expected, when I expected, how I expected, this would have been so much easier. And then Mary, who we always think of as Mary's a devoted one, Mary's the one who's so devoted to Christ. She's so upset by all this. She doesn't even come out to see him. Martha, who usually gets the short end of the stick in, in appreciation, she comes out to Jesus. Now she was ticked. But at least she came out and said, Lord, I'm ticked. I'm confused. I don't get it. God's always willing to meet us where we are. She was saying, Lord, if you'd only done what made sense to me, then I'd be okay with this. But come on, man. Martha comes. Mary eventually comes out and basically says the same thing. Lord, if you'd only been here, if you'd only done what we were expecting, this all would have been okay. But Jesus lets them know, hey, I'm up to something way beyond that. And if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe, if you're willing to walk a few more steps with me, if you're willing not to give in to that place of grieving, if you're you're willing not to go and commune with all those mourners and all those naysayers and all those defeatists, but you're willing to walk with me, you may see something truly astounding. And where does he ask them to go with him? He asks them to go with him to the grave. He asks them to go to the place that seems like the defeat but it's because he wants to bring forth an incredible victory. So they go to Lazarus' grave, and Jesus says, oh, wait, before we get there, Martha, the dead man's sister, says, Lord, by now the smell will be terrible because he has been dead for four days. Martha's saying, it's over, man. It's too far gone, man. And I believe Jesus is looking at her thinking, oh, my heart breaks for you because I know this has been a difficult process for you, but too far gone? There's no such thing as too far gone with me. All of creation was given over to hell. Satan had the keys to this kingdom. I came. That was not too far gone. This is not too far gone. The United States of America is not too far gone. This could be the moment where everything shifts if we're willing to contend and believe and look at the things in our nation that need to change, see the sickness, see the disease, see the darkness, the wickedness, the unrighteousness. But we don't say, oh, it's just too putrid. I can't look. I won't engage. I won't pray. It's too far gone. God is saying it's not too far gone. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you will see the glory of God if you believe? And I believe God's saying that to us right now. I believe God's saying, if you're willing to take a few more steps with me, if you're even willing to look at the situation as it stands right now, but what I want you to see is the darkness that I want to deal with, the wickedness I want to deal with. What if God is allowing us to see a whole deeper, darker level of powers and principalities that need to be torn down? Why? Why? So we'll partner with him to tear him down because that's what we're here for. We're the dominion stewards in the earth. Our weapons are not carnal and we fight not against flesh and blood, but our weapons are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds because we're here to co-labor with him and, and pray and worship and pray and take his presence and take his wisdom and take his solutions and take his light into every sphere of influence to expose darkness and have it expunged through our lives from all of creation. What if that's what he's doing? What if, as Jesus, the body of Christ in his day, stood before the grave and said, Lazarus, come out? And Lazarus came out bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus said, Remove even the remnant of the grave clothes from him and let him go. What if that's what God is doing right now? What if God is allowing us to see all of the enemy's plans for our death and destruction? Have things gone pretty far down the path of darkness and and, and wickedness and unrighteousness and corruption and greed? Can we clearly see powers and principalities in the land like like Mammon and Baal and Jezebel and Ahab? Can we clearly see Babylon in this world, in our nation? Yes, yes. But what if God's allowing us to see that treachery and corruption at a whole nother level so we can deal with it right down to the very root? And what if what he's doing is giving us a John 14, 12 opportunity where Jesus said, if you believe in me, verily, verily, I say, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I do and even greater works because I go to be with the Father, because I win the complete, utter and total victory. I go and sit down at the right hand of the Father because it's finished and I've won all, done all, and given all, and will give you the gift of my Holy Spirit to fill you with power. The power of faith, the power of focus, the power of revelation and wisdom, so you can see what I need you to see and deal with what I need you to deal with in my power as deputized agents of me and my kingdom by the power of my Holy Spirit to tear down powers and principalities. What if that's what's going on right now? And we, as the body of Christ, are to do the work Jesus did that we're to stand before what looks like a grave and let the hard places in our heart the stone be rolled away the rock be rolled away the stone be removed so that we're no longer hard-hearted and filled with fear and doubt and discouragement and anger and frustration but we allow our hearts to be filled with hope an expectation and faith, and say, God, you are the God of Isaiah 55.8. You are the God who is doing something exceedingly abundantly. You've only tarried so you can bring about something greater. This will not end in death. But whatever the enemy thought he established, you're going to reverse to your great glory. The enemy thought he had strongholds of unrighteousness and wickedness and child sacrifice and mammon and greed and corruption and treachery so firmly established in this land that nothing could remove them but the Lord. I think he's tarried to do that exact thing. And now what role do we play? We're the body of Christ in the earth. Now we stand before that situation. We let him roll away any hard places in our heart that are giving giving us a reaction that isn't filled with faith, hope, joy, and expectation of who our God is and what he's capable of. And then when that happens, we speak forth. Original plans and purposes of God for this nation come forth. United States of America, come forth in righteousness. United States of America, come forth in truth. United States of America, come forth in justice. And as we're praying, if we see any grave clothes that need to be removed, we say, remove them. Or as he put it, let him go. So we say corruption, let the United States of America go. Greed, let the United States of America go. Baal, Jezebel, Ahab, uh, Leviathan, let the United States of America go. Malfeasance, let the United States of America go. Division, hate, anger, racism, let the United States of America go. What if this is what God is doing? I am telling you this will not end in death. If we catch this, if we run with this, if we pray like this, filled with hope that our God is doing something, oh, gloriously impossible to us, but so, so possible for Him. If we really get that he's doing something exceedingly abundantly beyond our ability to ask, think, or comprehend, and we do our part just like we have been, well done you, Firewall USA champions. Let's not give up. Let's actually press in. Men on the front lines, we were made for this moment. We get to be on the front lines of faith, hope, expectation, intercession, prayer, rallying, encouraging, loving, being kind to the rest of the body and everyone around us because we so know This will not end in death. No matter what comes of this election, I am telling you, this will not end in death. I am telling you, God has heard our cries. He is moving. And if we continue to inhabit our role, because he's certain, what he does is certain, the question is, will we do what we've been asked to do? Will we embrace what he's asked us to embrace? Will we take up our cross right now and die to ourselves, die to fear, die to doubt, die to panic, die to anxiety, die to anger, die to blaming, die to finger-pointing, die to giving place to the accused of the brethren, but rally together as the body of Christ. That's all of us, but at least the remnant. Come on, remnant, you've been amazing. I can feel his heart for you. I can feel the Father's pride in you, his gratitude towards you because he loves this nation and he's not done with it. And I am telling you, whatever the result of this election is, when it comes out, and I personally believe It's not over, and I personally still believe the word of the prophets. Uh, I believe we're going to see something truly amazing happen. But no matter what happens, our hope is in Jesus Christ, and we can be confident this will not end in death because him who is the way, the truth, and the life is at work in this nation, at work in us, and at work through us to touch and heal this nation and remove us from the dead place of treachery and corruption and wickedness and unrighteousness and bring us truly back to life to be the nation he created us to be. Let's believe big with our God who's doing something beyond our ability to comprehend right now. That's a glorious thing. That's a hopeful thing. That's a thing that should stir our faith and certainly focus and stir our intercession. We join me in being the body of Christ right now and standing before where the enemy thought he had this nation trapped in death, darkness, unrighteousness, and wickedness. And let's call the original plans and purposes of God for this nation forth. Let's call this nation forth to be everything God created it to be. And whenever we see something that doesn't line up with that, let's command those grave clothes to be removed. Amen? All right. I hope that encouraged you. This will not end in death. Ultimately, God will have his way. He's up to something and it's glorious. Thanks so much for being with me. Don't forget to go to the Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. Subscribe, like the video, share the videos, do the same thing with the Heroes of Rise podcast. And hey, be sure to check out roberthodgkin.com. We just um, uh, sussed out what was going on with the new free download and now it's working. So there is a brand new free download for you. Free teaching for you. You go to roberthodgkin.com and uh, click on the links and it'll give you the free mp3 download of a teaching for you. And while you're there, do me a favor, click the giving link and donate to this ministry. Donate to what we're doing through media to rally people, to encourage, empower, and equip heroes all over the world. Um, It would be a great blessing. But I also want you to hear this. If you're not in a position to sow in to all the free media we're creating, it's absolutely okay. We're here for you. We're here to serve you. And if you're in a position to help, great. We greatly and, uh, and, and gratefully uh, receive that. But I want you to know if you're not, we're not going anywhere. We're here for you. We're here to serve you. We're here to encourage you, equip you, and empower you. And we are grateful to be able to do that. So thanks for being with me for this episode of Heroes Arise. I will see you next Weak.